You are listening to the Downtown Larned Podcast, the podcast where we aim to cultivate vision for the future of downtown Larned. We are so grateful to have you join us this week. Let's get started. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Larned Downtown Podcast. Landon, I'm excited for another episode. Yeah, good to have you, Jared. I've had some people in the community ask if you've uh, quit. I'm still here. It's, so take take the voices alive and well, and and happy to have you, Jared. Um, and we've got um, a luxury downtown loft owner. Luxury. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, self proclaimed on my end. We Charles Spina is is who we have with us, and he's a very humble guy. So I don't know if he will describe it the same way I do. But um, <laughs> Charles, we're excited to have you on. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to uh, talk about downtown and be with you guys uh, that are creating some new interest in, in um, the future of downtown. Yeah, yeah. Charles, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my wife and myself and our two children moved here to Larned in about 1992. Uh, we came from the St. Louis area, uh, but originally uh, my wife and I both from New York. Um, my wife is from a small town upstate New York, actually smaller than Larned, and uh, um, I'm from Long Island, New York, so a little bit bigger area. Yeah. Um, but we had the opportunity through our uh, work to live in a few different places, uh, among them upstate New York, uh, Savannah, Georgia, St. Louis, Birmingham, Alabama. So we moved around a little bit. Uh, when I was younger, my, we were in the hotel and restaurant business, and um, also I uh, was doing photography at the time. And um, it's funny, my, my children thought uh, that everybody lived in a hotel. Uh, we actually had a, <laughs> a living apartment in, in one of the places in St. Louis before we moved here. Um, so I guess it's kind of a, you know, come, kind of came around again. We live in a building. And, yeah. uh, um, but uh, um, we moved here and um, started a, a photography business. And. Um, it took a little while to get started. We actually started on 6th Street and then um, um, bought the building uh, about 1996. Yeah. Your, uh, your downtown building. The downtown building, yeah. right. Okay. Um, and, and what's the address of, of your building? It's 517 Broadway. Okay. Uh, pretty much almost located right in the middle of downtown. It looks like a castle. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's sometimes how it, people uh, refer yeah. to it as the castle. Yeah. Um, it's got some unique uh, architectural features to it, uh, like, you know, a lot of the buildings do. Um, but uh, um, we. Uh, Worked, uh, you know, the photography business in 96 and uh, uh, starting in 92, and we bought the building in 96, so we were in our lo- location for a number of years um, and bought this with the intention of putting a studio in there and living upstairs um, at some point. And uh, then life got in the way, uh, raising a family, and uh, so it took a while before we uh, actually started to uh, do some renovation on the building when my children graduated and went on with their life and careers. Um, we had a home and um, decided that we didn't need both places. Um, but the, the intention was always to re- renovate it and live there. Yeah. And um, um, kind of what I always dreamed of in, is a New York apartment loft, um, having seen a number of them in, in the New York area. Right. Hoped and thought First. to bring some of that to, uh, um, to Larned and our lifestyle. Charles, what brought you to Larned? Um, 
My wife's sister moved here and uh, in Great Bend, and uh, we were visiting back and forth, um, and we're looking for a place. At that time, I was getting out of the restaurant hotel business and was working for a photographer, and we were looking for a place to open up our own studio. And uh, looking back east uh, at the time, in 92, things were pretty rough, um, you know, um, so there wasn't a, a good opportunity, I thought. So we came out here and looked around. Somebody introduced us and showed us the Larned area. And I was pretty taken by a number of things. The, uh, um, the community, the uh, amenities that it offered, uh, the parks, um, the uh, golf course, uh, the pool. Um, loved the little train. I got such a kick mm-hmm. out of that one. They said, I thought that was so neat that they had a the little train going around the park. Um, they have hills in Larned and uh, yeah. cobblestone streets, so it kind of reminded me a little bit about some of the areas back east that you know we were familiar with. So yeah. we're looking for a place to open up a, a business, a photography studio, and um, Larned offered that in terms of retail space, um, cost of living, quality of life. And uh, we wanted to raise our kids in a small town. My wife wanted to be in that environment, and I did too. Uh, so... I think probably mostly quality of living and opportunity. Uh, there wasn't sure. anybody really doing a whole lot here. Um, and uh, we thought, you know, something maybe we could fill a niche or a need. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's That's got to be one of the more unique uh, paths to Larned that we've uncovered yeah. so far. <laughs> um, so got out of the restaurant, uh, hotel business, and um, planted yourself in, in, in Larned, um, been a photographer had your photography photography studio um all this time um how has that morphed are you are you still in that business or or uh well after 25 years um photography changed a lot um uh, i was probably one of the last guys to switch over from film to digital that i (laughs) I knew of um but uh um like i said photography changed i changed and um the market changed um so I don't know. I mean, I think I I wouldn't say you couldn't do what I did back then, but it's more difficult with digital photography in some respects because there's so many more people out there taking pictures of so forth. Um, We did a lot of um, high school senior pictures, a lot of wedding pictures, family pictures, and we also did a number of, you know, commercial work. Uh, I would go up in airplanes and do aerial photography and and uh, some other commercial type of work that was needed in the area. So in a small town, I couldn't really specialize in one particular area. There was, wasn't enough of a market, uh, so we did a little bit of everything. Yeah. And um, really fortunate that, uh, you know, in, in doing that, we were different than just coming in and taking a job. I mean, I, I got to be involved with people in their lives uh, in the community, you know, uh, from senior graduation to having babies mm-hmm. and family pictures and, and weddings. So we were a part of times, uh, people's lives that were important and got to know people pretty well. So yeah, that's great. I look back and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Well, uh, so so blessed to have you here in the community. Um, I, I believe you did my parents' wedding. I did. So, so <laughs> I don't know if you. I haven't seen too many baby pictures of myself, but um, I, I don't know if you did my baby pictures. No, I don't think we did any baby okay. pictures okay. of you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's good on a professional uh, sense. That's that's good. But um, no, uh, so so grateful um, on behalf of the community to to keep you this long um, and to be a recipient of your. 
conversion of your, your Broadway property. Um, so let's dive on into our next segment, Brick Basics, all about your building. So um, as you've kind of alluded, uh, moved into Larned, wanted to start a business, um, ended up doing that. Years go by, kids get out of the house, end up uh, renovating the upper level of, of your um, building. So uh, let's go into just the history. Do you know when your building was built? Um, I pulled out the abstract last night and was looking, and uh, it appears that the building um, was built uh, somewhere around 1886. Okay. Um, and there's some uh, notations in the um, abstract about Phoenix Bank owning the building. And from there, um, they had a number of changes. Um, the uh, building um, that I that I can kind of follow in terms of the history of the building went to the Phoenix Bank. Um, then it was the seventh post office in 1904. Um, and above the post office in our building where the loft is, um, there was actually a photography studio at that time. So really? It's That's kind of cool. neat that it, yeah. Yeah, it kind of went back to that. Full circle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of the buildings downtown that were post offices at one point. Yeah. You said it was the seventh, like, as far as? The seventh uh, post office. Okay. Yeah. And that was in 1904. 1904. So, so a matter of 20 years or so of wanted, we had, that's their seventh post office. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was also the most people don't realize it was the first state theater in in Larned um, before they built the one next door here. Really. Um, it was also a, a Sandy's Grill where it was a food establishment for a while, and in the back they would have dances and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then it was also the Toggery, which was a woman's clothing store. Uh, at which time after that they she closed down, and I bought the purchased the building from her. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So it wasn't foreclosed or anything like that it was it was uh the owner to owner purchase right that's a challenge that we're facing with downtown right now is just even the transition of building owners um of of getting people to want to sell and then also getting buyers who want to put in businesses and 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 reform them so um let's let's dig into your renovation um how did what, what you said you always had the desire to do it but what finally got you over the hump into uh, go mode for the renovation i think for me it was more of um a timeline um after you know um so many years of occupying the building using it uh, for my photography studio dreaming about walking upstairs or downstairs to go to work um and uh my kids being gone, um, I didn't need or want, uh, first of all, the maintenance of a home and the building. Um, and, uh, you know, when you get a little bit older, you start thinking about the future and downsizing a little bit and what you're going to do. And um, at that point, it, it really pushed me into um, getting more uh, progress done on, on the renovation of that. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, um, then it got to be a, a full-time job because yeah. uh, <laughs> we did a lot of the work ourselves. Um, okay. And uh, I think that, you know, when you think about, well, what is it that you like about, you know, um, the property and loft? And 
I guess the accomplishment of, of doing whatever you know degree that you want to do put some sweat equity into it. Um, in our case, we, we put a lot of sweat into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, could, could you give our listeners just a little bit about how, what those renovations entailed and how long it took? Uh, it was about a five-year project, actually, and um, probably the, uh, oh, the biggest challenge was the, in the demolition of it. All right, at first, uh, because you're, you're working on a, a second-story building um, almost 20 feet up in the air. And so disposing of a lot of, you know, what you were taking off, like all the plaster and the lath and things like that, was a big challenge. Yeah. Um, and um, and then, you know, figuring out some of the logistics um, about... Um, where you wanted to lay things out and so forth and what you wanted to keep and, and what you wanted to get rid of. Um, some of the things that really make it unique in, uh, is uh, the tin ceilings um, that were still in pretty good shape um, that needed a little bit of TLC, um, but um, I wouldn't have wanted to do anything different with them because the um, – they kind of the ceiling itself. Uh, there was a number of walls and things like that that had to come down. Um, nothing that was a structural wall or a bearing wall of any kind. But they had just partitioned it off. It was a doctor's office before we we got it uh, upstairs, and um, so they had a lot of exam rooms and things like that. Um, but uh, um, I don't know. After after we got done through the demolition. Um, there was uh, a lot of questions about, you know, where we're going to put this and what kind of materials we want to use and color for painting and all that sort of thing. So, With all the history and character that your building has, did you, during demolition, did you find anything that were like, wow, I'm, this is cool? <laughs> or maybe a, a treasure? Or like, uh, uh, pretty broad on the word treasure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just... All these buildings have something that I think is unique or salvageable, even if it's just the brick, uh, exposing the brick walls. Um, some of the crown molding from the tin ceiling was, um, to replace some of these things is very expensive. So if you can, you know, retain some of those things um, and uh, bring out the character. And, and as far as chi finding anything uh, treasurable, um the whole thing is a treasure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, and maybe I should like when you start digging into something with that much history and character, you just you just seem like you never know what you're going to find. Right. So, right. You know. Yeah. With as many hands that it's yeah. transitioned through, you know, All in businesses. businesses. Yeah. That have yeah. Been there. yeah. Yeah. We're talking with scraps and and uh, even even with even a more modern building, I, I think than what. Hers is probably more modern than what yours is, and she even found uh, some items up in her attic, and and uh, yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. But yeah, so it only it ultimately took you five years. Is that what you said? Of, of, right, doing it ourselves yeah, and yeah. on a kind of a part time basis. Sure, um, so. sure. What, what ended up being um, one of the easier uh, items of of construction that you weren't expecting you talked about the the tough part of, of demolishing it which speaking to that you know not only are you 20 feet up in the air on a second story but you're also on broadway um uh, to where you know the front side of your building probably isn't that accessible whenever you're demoing and so i'm sure you ran into that challenge as well but right. um what was what was something that you're kind of dreading about the process but it 
wasn't as bad as what you're thinking. Well, there may not be yeah. any. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was all a headache. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was. I can't say there was anything really easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, because even you know, I didn't realize that I've done a lot of you know. Um, remodeling and, and work uh, construct not construction per se but uh, more home remodeling type of work and most of the time when you're working on things you know you, you look at this this is an eight foot ceiling you know mm-hmm. you can take a little ladder and, but when you're dealing with 10 and 12 foot ceilings you're working on scaffolding um, right. so you know you, you that presents itself a, a big challenge um, but uh, and I'm 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 taking I'm taking the answer of nothing was easy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the only thing that was easy was um, once we got it um, opened up. Um, it was a blank canvas yeah, uh, right. to do what we wanted to do right. with it, and. Um, but a uh, few things that I would have probably wanted to do differently is one. Um, having some other people do some of the, yeah. <laughs> some of the work that, De- delegation delegation yeah, yeah. Uh, like refinishing the floors okay. um, you know all the floors were covered with a, a, a like a linoleum type of uh, vinyl and at that time the only thing type of glue they had was like a tar so we literally had to scrape off all that tar and we wow. had to come in and sand it all down and um much would have been much nicer if somebody else would have done yeah. that yeah. um but uh you can you can just appreciate it more that's yeah. the thing that's what yeah. i was saying when you when you, regardless of whatever it is, you don't have to do the whole project yourself. But yeah. if you put some of yourself into it, you mm-hmm. you do appreciate it more and yeah. get a sense of a little more satisfaction uh, when it's completed. I think. Yeah. Let's transition to we're still on brick basics about your building, but I'm I'm more so curious. You know, kind of the intricacies of living downtown. There's really you are one of very few people that say I live downtown. Um, so what's what's your favorite part of living downtown what's your least favorite part about living downtown i think the most one of the most attractive things about downtown is um when i walk out my door you know like today you know, i was able to walk to the dentist or i can go to the grocery store i can mm-hmm. walk to the post office or um to me that is a a big convenience and a good way to get my exercise um so it offers um some attractive conveniences and um lifestyle that um you wouldn't have if you were located either out in the country or maybe in a neighborhood um but really just uh, accessibility i mean if i need something i walk across the street to the hardware store or uh, literally street yeah yeah, (laughs) wife needs something she goes down to the clothing store yeah um and It's kind of fine. If you see me pushing a shopping cart from Dylan's, you'll know that I, we bought too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, least favorite? Are there any cons that come come with living downtown? Um, probably what you might expect is the traffic, um, and you know, being from New York, um, traffic is something that uh, you get used to, mm-hmm. and um, and in some ways. Um, I like the quiet tranquility of, you know, not a lot of traffic. Um, yeah. 
Um, I'm fortunate that um, we do have some property north of town that I can go to and uh, get that peace of mind and sanctuary. Um, but living downtown, um, I actually sometimes like the noise. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of activity going on. Uh, like I said, there you walk out the street. I was just going to the post office yesterday. Um, a woman that uh, um, my wife worked with for a number of years was uh, walking to the post office. We were able to you know, chat and visit for a little bit. So you do get to interact with uh, people downtown um, and you know, see those people that you haven't seen for a while. Sure. Uh, but more probably the traffic, uh, parking, and um, the one thing that I miss is not having a garage. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't think about those things, do you? Yeah. yeah. So, um, George, did you have anything under downtown living that you're just itching to ask? Yeah, I want to ask the million dollar question Would you do it all over again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, this was uh, a vision, a dream um, that we wanted, uh, and um, it was nice to see it uh, come about, even though it took. F- Quite a bit of time, effort, and, and uh, resources, um, but I would definitely do it again, um, and I would hope that um, other some other people um, would look at it and see what the potential is for some of these uh, old buildings and um, kind of bring them back um, to either their historical condition or and or improve upon that um, because. Well, we are caretakers, and my mm-hmm. my uh, uh, outlook is, you know, in anything I do, is hopefully leave it better than I found it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Keeper, keeper of the keys is the term that I heard. Yeah, that, you know, we're just passing on keys, and and uh, like you said, if you have a sense of, um, I don't know if pride is the right word, but um, just a sense of honor about a building, you you did a good job of restoring the history and highlighting the history and. And uh, like you said, passing it on. Once those keys do pass on, they're going to be um, in a better position than what they were before. So, and I think also that uh, people that do something like this or, or do it not only for themselves but as an asset to the community yeah. and to give back a little bit uh, because we've been very fortunate and grateful for the support that we've had through our business and um, from the community and, and uh, as a family. Yeah. Well, we'll jump into Broadway Vitals, all about downtown. Yeah. I'll preface this one. Um, So Charles was actually, he's a man of many talents. Um, We've got a lot to ask him. Um, But this will be specifically towards your city council experience. So, Charles, when were you on the city council back in the day? Uh, from 2004 to 2014, I, I was on the council. Oh, wow. Ten years. Ten years. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's some experience there. So um, what, what was it like? Because not a lot of people have probably even been to a city council meeting or know what city council does. So um, what was it like being on city council? What what did um, what were some of the challenges you faced of, of uh, volunteering your time there? Um, and how was it rewarding? Well, you know, first let me uh, preface and say that uh, I, anybody that gives of their time and effort um, to the city, uh, on the city council, uh, I respect yeah. and um, appreciate. As far as working uh, with the council, um, 
Not everybody, uh, obviously, was in agreement, uh, so that's always uh, a challenge. There's always some political, uh, how can you say, political power plays um, within the council. Um, but for the most part, uh, we had very good discussions um, during the council uh, time that I was on there. Um, you know, we'd brought in um, the uh, hotel uh, that was hopefully going to reopen soon. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shopco, which is now Big R, mm-hmm. um, the uh, um, Senior uh, Assisted uh, Living Center, um, the housing projects, the Field of Dreams, um, and then the uh, finally the uh, um, apartments out, out um, west of town. You know, we uh, we I think we accomplished quite a bit, and. Um, uh, worked together um, to do that, um, but uh, um, we had some good leadership in our sure. city managers and our and our and our mayor. So specifically, with you being on council for ten years, um, and now that it's been about ten years, um, what was I'm curious to find out what was council's mindset towards downtown in that time frame, and how have we seen the results of that for better or for worse. Um, early on in uh, 2004 five, uh, when I got on the council, um, we discussed uh, a lot of the uh, issues with the downtown. And uh, so now we're talking 2004, almost 20 years, 19 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, we looked into the Main Street project uh, um, that was offered through the state of Kansas and at that time didn't um, pursue it um, but uh, um, unfortunately, the downtown area um, has always been an issue with um, where do we put money and resources from the city um, or with the city into private ownership in uh, the downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be honest with you, um, I don't see a whole lot of change um, in that time period from when I was on till I went off in, in terms of we had we did other things but improving downtown wasn't one of them yeah yeah, yeah. so sure um, is, is there anything that um, since hindsight is always 2020 um, is there anything that you you as a council as a whole wish you would have approached uh, knowing where we're at now and is there anything that we can maybe foresee um, and learn from and uh, within that time period well, I guess um, probably the most uh, insight I, I could probably uh, share is that things will change. Uh, and depending on what we do or don't do, um, we either accept the changes or we make the changes. And um, I think that the uh, city is cha- uh, challenged with um, what resources they have, what uh, availability in terms of funding they have, mm-hmm. and with uh, personnel. Um, I have to just want to give a shout-out and props to the uh, city uh, administration and the people that work for the city. Um, we've uh, done a lot of cooperative projects with different departments in the city um, and um, been able to, um, I think, accomplish a lot of things at reasonable costs um 
but let's face it, everybody's trying to do more with less these days. I yeah. don't care whether it's the city or, or your personal life. Right. Um, so when I look back and say, you know, what, what could we have done? Um, I would like to have seen us saved a few of the buildings that uh, we had here, and they are slowly uh, declining and, and dwindling. Um, so that is something that um, we have to really take a, into consideration, what's going to be left in yeah. 10 years, 20 years. Right. Um, so I wish that there would have been more attention paid to the downtown area, um, but you know, I understand that people are sometimes look at it like, well, either one, you know, it doesn't really impact me. Um, I don't really care that much about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want my taxes to go to it. Um, and I think we have to try to do what we can to change that mindset and say this is our community. This is um, the first impression of people when they come to our town and what they – perception is everything uh, in, in most things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can accomplish a lot by what you perceive. I appreciate your your findings and and retrospective. How can we leverage that for for both the positive experiences and the negative experiences and make this next 20 years, when we're reflecting on the next 20 years, um, how can we make that more uh, thriving, more profitable for for downtown? So I think there's good insight. I think uh, you mentioned on preservation of buildings. Um, yeah, there's. We're going to be facing that. I think it's going to be accelerated um, here in the next 20 years. There's. We're reaching points to where buildings are um, at that at that tipping point um, to where it could either go one way or the other. For example, with um, Carlton Burt and his building, you know, that building was at a point that we're either going to tear it down or we're going to we're going to revive it. And and luckily we've we've experienced that investor um, pouring money into there, um, so we're going to reach reach that that tipping point one way or the other here soon on a lot of these buildings. So that's why we're trying to press for um, that stern stern hearts back towards downtown um, and getting the perception. Maybe we can start off with the perception of a successful downtown and a successful follow as well, but. I think that takes us into a bit more as all about the future, Charles. Um, just being more specific as a community member, what would you like to see happen with downtown? And as a community, what steps should we take? Um, you know, first of all, you know, you've got to get past the dilapidated, rundown look. Right? And if there's got to be some incentives for property owners to um, invest money in their properties, increase their property uh, assessments and um, and taxes that they pay. Um, so we do have a revitalization program uh, that I'm aware of. That uh, you know, when I was on council, we actually extended seven years and increased the percentage. And but. Um, I think you and I had talked, uh, Landon, one time about some other tax benefits to, for um, people wanting to um, invest in, in, in mm-hmm. different projects downtown. So I think mainly the, the simplest thing um, is to put on a, um, a good facade. Yeah. And um, that, when people drive in, are going to say this is a nice-looking town. Um, and we had talked about changing the lampposts and, and putting in new light light posts and things like that. And that kind of, you know, some things just keep falling by the wayside. Um, yeah. 
I mean, just little things you could do. I, I know uh, Brad, um, they had built a number of trash receptacles and to, you know, implement and put downtown so the yeah. place stays cleaner yeah those were built but never put put out that i'm that i'm aware of mm-hmm. um there's um like we talked about awnings or even a coat of paint uh you start seeing you know yeah. paint peeling off the front of a building boarded up windows and it's like um the property owners would probably like to do something if they had some more incentive um mm-hmm. i look at uh, city like Ellenwood, all right? simple thing. They have, you know, these metal shocks that hang from the light posts that are kind of unique. Mm-hmm. You go to Hoisington and they have um, decorative metal um, artwork that people come to and, and look at. Those are just you know some things that you look at. I, I would seriously say you know we need to go to other cities and towns, see what they've done, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And, yeah. Um, the problem that I see is. Um, one, you know, we can't expect the city to do it all for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they only have so many limited um, staffing and time um, that uh, and resources that they can put to it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take people like, you know, you guys with podcasts and drawing attention to um, this type of issue um, that people maybe just go along day and day and don't think about. Yeah. Um, but are we going to be able to um, attract, you know, our children to come back and live here and stay here and want to raise their families here and be part of the community in the future? It's going to be up to, you know, up to us and mm-hmm. uh, to make that decision. And But uh, there is a tipping point. Um, and I always said we can't – city's done a good job of – bringing in line some of the um, expenses and costs and things like that, um, capital improvements, everything's just getting more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, how much are we willing to um, contribute, all of us, um, to make it better? Yeah, well, yeah. We talked about uh, an initiative this summer called Brush Up Larned, and we just get some community members to sign up and, and just find a local business downtown and say, hey, we want to you want to just slap a fresh coat of paint if you'd like. Yeah. We're going to provide the paint. We're going to provide the manpower. We just want to just start one step. Yeah, right. And just start simple and go from there. I Ultimately, what I've pulled from from uh, Charles and what's stirred me is, uh, is specifically with your experience on the council, what you guys focused on is what was achieved. Um, anything that we set our minds to, we have we have achieved, and we, we've achieved it successfully. Um, our effort is just to, um, obviously, not all on the on the city side because that's nearly impossible um, uh, with the limited resources and manpower that the city has. But um, how can we formulate uh, private, city, county, um, you know, investors, everybody working towards one effort, one focus? of pushing for a better downtown and representing the heart of our community a better way so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's been fun it's it's been a it's been a good one that yeah, we Charles, thanks so much for joining us today yeah. it's been a pleasure yeah. and uh you know i uh i look for a i'm optimistic for a brighter future um, because i see things that are happening in our community and you know i want i wanted to come here and not only give a little bit of history and background of what we've done um but um 
encourage everybody to get involved. Um, I'm hopeful, and uh, and I appreciate you guys having me here today. Because yeah. uh, I always enjoy talking about our town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's be creative and think outside the box. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Lalana Downtown Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for joining today. As always, God bless. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Downtown Learner Podcast. We hope that this episode has both blessed and encouraged you. If you haven't yet, go like our Facebook page and leave a comment with your biggest thoughts and takeaways from this week's episode. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.